Welcome to Faithfully Unapologetic. I'm Kelly Jean Pittman, and this is my amazing daughter, Jaina Pittman. We are a mom and teen duo, and our mission is to empower others in faith to help them break free from the stress of everyday life. By sharing our experience, we hope to inspire you to find joy, peace, and connection in the craziness of the world around us. Every other week, we'll share the secrets of a resilient heart, and you'll learn how to nurture a strong mind, body, and soul while taking advantage of the divine power of prayer. We're so excited to share this space with all the beautiful souls who are listening today. Welcome, beautiful ones. We're so excited that you're joining this space with us today. Today, we're going to talk about something that's really important to us and really important in in, in our faith, kind of in, in finding that peace and that joy, particularly in the chaos that seems to be surrounding us in every day. And so what we're going to talk about today is praying correctly. What is the right way to pray? Jana, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, praying correctly, I think... Well, if you ask someone, how do you pray? That's a very loaded question, right? And I think if you were to ask someone or multiple people, their answer would be different depending on what their experience is and where they're coming from. Right, absolutely. I mean, I think prayer is kind of taught in different religions. They kind of tell you how to do it. I know I grew up Catholic and... Um, prayer was totally different when I was younger growing up and God seemed almost unreachable to me almost like I needed these scripted prayers in order to talk to him and that changed as I got older and we're going to talk about that a little more and it's not necessarily wrong the way we were taught to pray and I growing up I had some very powerful moments reciting you know the Hail Mary and Our Father and the different prayers that we said are very powerful so we're not negating any of that but we really just want to cut to the chase and find out what is the most powerful way to connect to God through prayer. Yeah so just to start out we have some definitions like we did with our faith podcast and the first definition that I found and you know you go on good old Google and here's what you find. You have lots of answers there. Yeah. They may not be right, but they're <laughs> words nonetheless. <laughs> yes. And so the first one is from Merriam Dictionary. And the first definition on the site was an address to God in word or thought. So what do you, what do you think about that, Mother? Well, I have a little bit of a problem with the word address. I feel like a dress is a little formal. I feel like it's kind of the way that I was raised in the Catholic Church. Yeah, for sure. Like we needed to address God. And when I looked up, I actually went to Google and looked up the word address just to make sure that I was correctly understanding it. I didn't want to give it any preconceived notions of mine that weren't real. And so when I looked it up, um, address means to speak to. And so which I agree with the definition of that to address, but I have a little bit of a problem with that, with prayer when we're praying to God. Um, speaking to, I think is probably defines to a lot of people what they feel like when they're talking or praying to God, they're speaking to him. But when you speak to somebody, it's like you're not expecting a response. Yeah. 
It's not like a communication. It's not a two-way conversation or necessarily even a relationship. Right. And so I kind of, I don't necessarily agree with the word address in that definition. It also means to direct. And again, that's kind of a controlling as opposed to a communicative way of talking to someone. And another definition is a spoken or written message to the attention of, which again, for me, that has a lot of formality. Mm -hmm. It is very formal. And when I have personally have become more intimate with God and felt the power of his presence is not through formality. It's been through probably raw vulnerability Mm -hmm. and being myself, my weakest self, not in any pretentious way of addressing him. And so um, that definition, I don't think, is the best definition. No. So let's get on with it. Let's get so the second one from Merriam Dictionary was a set order of words, which I personally don't like. I don't know. I think it's like mom was saying with the set prayers of, especially in Catholicism. And I think, you know, that's really good. Sometimes you don't know where to start and that's a really, really good way to start. And if you're right. just getting into faith, it's... It's like, whoa, this is really cool because I have this here in front of me. And when you first start learning it and memorizing it and saying the prayer, it can be really powerful and moving and it gets you, it gets you places. But as, as time goes on, sometimes you want to have your own thoughts and your own feelings. And sometimes those are the best ways to communicate with God. Absolutely. A set order of words. Yes, that's that can be a prayer. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We say a prayer before we eat. It's a very precise set of words, right? It is. It's, it's, it's a prayer. So I think that it encompasses prayer with a set order of words, but it's by far not a complete definition of what sure. prayer is. Yeah. All right. And so I then moved on to some other sites, and one was called Your Dictionary. And the first Mm -hmm. definition that I found was specially worded for use to address God. So we have the word address again, and that gets a little tricky. Again, and then specially worded. So then again, we have very scripted words that we need so that we can speak basically at or to God as opposed to with God. Mm -hmm. So... It's not necessarily wrong, no. but it's not the best description that encompasses prayer completely. Yeah, I think there's better definitions. And so, speaking of better definitions, mm-hmm. I went on to Christianity.com. All right. <laughs> Woo! The definition of this one was conversing with God, and in parentheses, talking and listening. Woohoo! Home run there! Yeah, hit the nail on the head. <laughs> hit that nail on the head. I like that definition best, actually, for from what have I, what I have experienced and the yeah. power of prayer and how God has interacted in my life. I Absolutely. think that really encompasses it all. And so, speaking of that, Mom, mm-hmm. how have you seen the power of prayer work in your life, and when did you first 
kind of have that light bulb moment of, wow, prayer is really, really working in my life. Wow, and you've kind of flipped this. We haven't exactly rehearsed this in this order. I'm kind of being put on a spot just a little tiny bit. Well, you know what? Sometimes you just go with it. <laughs> go with it. All right, so when the first time, I have to say that I felt God growing up. I prayed all the time. We went to church every Sunday or Saturday, and we said lots of Hail Marys. We prayed lots of, lots of rosaries. And I definitely felt the power of God. I knew God was real. But he didn't really, I didn't really have that relationship that we're talking about right now, that communicating with, as opposed to speaking kind of at or to or addressing and more formality. Um, growing up, that's more how I, I interacted with God. So it wasn't until really I started trying to have kids really wanted to have children and I can't really explain how devastating that can be in words nobody can really understand it I never understood it myself I didn't really when people had problems and were so upset I I would think before I was in this situation myself I'd be like big deal just adopt you know it's it's not a big deal but oh my gosh it is so emotionally devastating to not be able to have kids and I struggled for seven years with infertility mega mega doses of fertility drugs um, surgeries two miscarriages Um, one surgery was life-threatening I went to the hospital in an ambulance and so it was kind of like why why are you putting me through this why are you doing this I became very desperate really I wanted to know what was going on you know would I have kids and so I got to a point where I had to just put my faith in God and trust him and so I did Um, after seven years I finally had my first child my son and he was born and when he was born he was the most amazing beautiful thing that I ever experienced far beyond anything that I ever imagined him to be or a child to be it's kind of hard to explain it was this after seven years was really like this baby high and I was so grateful and so thankful that I understood I told God that I understood the seven years of kind of trials that I had been through in order to get him to me at this very moment in time it was amazing and so at that time uh, I thanked God and told God I asked him and I prayed to him I told God to lead me to the next child and I told him wherever he would lead me I would follow And that was a sincere and very open, vulnerable prayer. And it was filled with gratitude. And holy shnikes, he took me on a wild and crazy journey and challenged me beyond anything that I thought was possible. It was crazy. But that was my first real connection with prayer. And I faithfully followed him. I told God I would follow wherever he led. And it went through some crazy challenging things. We adopted a baby uh, here in Minnesota from a birth mom. The mom took the baby back. It was absolutely devastating. And again, my knees hit the floor in prayer. It's like, God, what are you doing? It felt like this was perfect. Everybody thought it was perfect timing. Why did you take the baby away? And when I prayed, God gave me peace. It was like this peace and this understanding to the point of when I scripted that piece in my head, I envisioned getting the baby back. And 
uh, I, my mom was praying and my best friend was praying and they came back to me and they're like, God gave me peace. This this is exactly the way that it's supposed to be. I'm like, that's what I got. And we all thought, well, we're getting the baby back. Of course. Yeah. I mean, a couple of years. That's what you would think. Right. So that's where we put God in a box. We have these very limited views and you think it's going to happen one way, but it didn't happen that way at all. So uh, two years later, we were on our way to China, and that really wasn't in our plans, but that was in God's plans. And so, and um, my prayer and faith just continued on this journey, and there was um, lots of challenges. But here I am right now with this beautiful, amazing soul blessing our lives. My daughter is absolutely amazing and absolutely a miracle. And I couldn't be more blessed or more happy and could never had envisioned this. God has far bigger plans than we have ever thought. And so when we follow him faithfully, he will lead us to places that fill our heart with complete joy. Yeah, for sure. Well, you're a really good storyteller, Mom. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, you are amazing yourself. So what about you? Do you have a time when you want to share when prayer became powerful for you or when it showed up differently, maybe, or you felt more real or more connected to God? Yeah. So just a little backstory. So the first time I accepted Christ into my heart was when I was in fifth grade on the bus with a friend. Mom didn't know about this until (laughs) recently-ish. And I, that was kind of like, cause before I knew God and I feel like, you know, I was baptized, but that's not necessarily when you become a Christian. And so this was kind of like me stepping into my Christianity and really taking it all in. But of course, as a 10 year old, you're probably not super concerned with matters of faith and you know, making a, wanting to make a difference in the world. And so I kind of went on this journey. I was like, yeah, you know, I've been flowing in life. But the real, when I started utilizing prayer to its full power, I had just found out I needed surgery. And I was really, really scared, obviously, because this is my second one. I'd gone through the ringer before, and I knew... It was going to be difficult and hard and painful, but I prayed with my mom, my whole family was praying, I was praying, and I just remember one time, this one day, I was feeling very, very scared about this whole surgery concept, and I knew it was coming soon. It was a big surgery, I'll just say. It's it's an open-heart surgery, so it's enough to make anybody fear. Yeah. For their life. <laughs> We're not talking a small little uh, outpatient surgery here. Because mm-hmm. I've had one of those before. It was scary, but not heart surgery level scary. And so I just remember this one day I was really, really scared. And I went into mom's room and we were talking. I can't exactly remember what like flipped the switch for me. But we were talking, we were praying, and I just started crying in her arms. And I don't know, I can't remember if she was crying, but I just, we were praying, and I truly believed in my heart that the same power that was on the earth healing the dead and healing the blind and 
just this amazing power was in me and that could heal me completely. And, you know, there's some people might say like, well, he didn't heal you completely because you still had surgery. Well, no, there was so many more miracles after that. And it wasn't just about healing me completely because God has his own journey, his own plan for me. And so I just remember that moment was very powerful and the prayer just took over my life and it, the Holy Spirit came into me and just transformed me. And from then on, I really truly believed that God could heal me and he did. And he gave me the, the resources and the power and the people to be around to just make my whole surgery experience heavenly and it was it was miraculous it was um it went from from a very fearful stance really fearing for your life to um after the surgery where like Jana said it was kind of heavenly she enjoyed herself it was a special experience Mm -hmm. honestly for you and that's a beautiful story that you shared about that and your your faith is so strong. I've admired it for so long. And what's really beautiful about that story to me is that during this period um, and during this surgery where we had so many scary things being thrown at us, that that was when God was so profound as well in my life. Mm-hmm. He sent so much calm and so many answers and like you said so many miracles where we were fearing the worst and all of a sudden this this issue melted away it was life and death and all of a sudden it's gone it's not there anymore we don't even have to deal with it it's just like whoa thank you sweet jesus also this experience kind of gave me a kind of crash course on how to pray like because i had just been i don't even know i think I was talking to God, but I wasn't really being my authentic, true, vulnerable self to him. I was like, okay, God, you're going to see what I, like, give you and nothing else. And obviously he's God, so he sees everything, but he loves when you come to him with everything. And this was a time where I was, like, just in pain and crying and mad and angry, and I could bring that to him and feel that and be okay with it and he would just bring peace into my life peace is a big part of that and what's most beautiful i think about this story is that honestly i don't remember that exact moment and what i have found in our connection and relationship with god that when we connect to him and we have this strong emotional attachment and connection and know that he is real and you can see things so clearly the people around you aren't necessarily going to see it because it's an intimate relationship that you have with God and so it's not any different than like falling in love with somebody and thinking like they're the best and they're amazing and you're with this person but nobody else necessarily sees it like you do exactly so it's a very intimate relationship and during that time I had my own intimate moments and prayer filled moments where I was connected and felt that power myself but does it mean I did right because we feel it in different ways it's a beautiful testament we both felt it we both felt the power of God during that moment we both felt our prayers being answered we both it changed our lives, both mm-hmm. of our lives. But it was on our own terms with God. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily the same. Yeah, it wasn't mom telling me, okay, you have to 
pray this way and be connected to God, else your surgery is going to go terribly wrong or something like that. She wasn't making me do anything or, you know, even really hinting, okay, no pray (laughs) no but what we did do is we prayed together and we prayed devotions together all the Mm -hmm. time and we still tried to continue that because it's powerful i think we probably started that during that time yes is reading it became like more prominent i think because we do it but it was very stagnant in on on and off yeah hit and miss kind of Mm -hmm. so that that was really powerful and so we're coming to the big question the question and of the reason for this entire podcast yep. is how do you pray correctly this podcast is about praying correctly and well did you want to answer that well yes mom i would love to answer your question okay and the answer to that question is no no what no there's not a single way to pray correctly what what? what? So kind of going back to the scripted prayers, which when I think about that, I think of Catholicism. Like mom has said before, she's felt the powerful prayer when saying our father and Hail Mary and the Apostles Creed. I think it is very powerful and it's a good place to start. But sometimes you get to a point in your life where those prayers are no longer coming from your heart. They're just lip service and, you know, God doesn't want to be spoken at he wants to be spoken to and he wants it to be genuine and he wants it to be raw and heartfelt absolutely so the biggest problem with that is what i saw that i fell into and that other people i think have fallen into is that becomes routine so it's kind of like walking when you learn how to walk you just walk all around and you don't even think about it so these prayers can be powerful and you can pray them and they're powerful but when you do them every day and particularly if they're really routine and scheduled you do it every day and you know them like the back of your hand and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're just reciting words and you barely remember the words that you said and then you're done you check it off your list and you move on yeah. And so it doesn't mean that you're not going to have a beautiful walk one day um, and the weather's just perfect and the sun is shining and the birds are singing and you see these this beautiful deer run by that you're in the moment and you feel this connection and this power and this, you know, during this walk, it's very special. It's like the same with the prayer. You can still be aware and in the moment and have a scripted prayer be powerful. So we're not negating any of that. Um, but it just it runs the risk of being mundane and routine mm-hmm. and scripted and kind of automatic where you're not really conscious and aware while you're saying that prayer. So that's kind of the problem with that and even being regular and scheduled. And so... Yeah, because you don't, you don't schedule talking to someone. I'm not... I don't put, okay, five to six, I'm talking to mom and then... 30 minutes uh, reserved for Tristan, my brother, or whatever. So it's it's kind of like just keeping it all going. Right. The biggest the biggest thing to understand is that prayer is really a communication and a, with God. It's a relationship. And so it's no different than any relationship that we have with another human where we don't necessarily say, okay, I'm going to talk to you at this time, and that's it, and then we're done. 
Yeah. And then you forget about that person until whenever, until you need them again. That's not really a relationship. It's not a relationship that you're nurturing with a person. Yeah. And it's it's not going to be successful if that's how you treat that relationship. So it's very similar with God. Uh, your relationship with God is not going to be as successful as it can be if you keep a, it very routine um, and you don't nurture it every day. Yeah. Which kind of leads into these tips that mom and I have come up with about prayer and these aren't concrete you must go by them else your prayers will fail it's just things that we have found that empower us and keep us accountable for praying and staying in communication with God Absolutely. So we discussed it and the, we agreed. We agree on all these. And this mm-hmm. is where the most empowered by uh, following basically these four easy, well, mm-hmm. I guess easy is relative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to say easy. By following these, these four steps or criteria, and they kind of should be followed in order. But this is how we have had the most impactful um, communication with God. And so, ironically, or not so ironically, number one is communication. And so we've been talking about that a lot, but when you start off your prayer and you're going to talk to God, you're going to pray to God, it really is all about communication. And it's almost nothing more, nothing less. It is communicating to God. So what that means, it means to bring everything to God. It means to be open. It means to be your vulnerable self. It means all of you. It doesn't mean getting dressed up in your Sunday clothes and uh, looking at all the good things you've done. You gave money to church. You've worked at the homeless shelter. You helped somebody carry in their groceries and you didn't holler at your kids today. And so you're doing really great. And um, sure, you can acknowledge that stuff, but you, if, you're, if you're bringing that to God, it's like you're almost worshiping yourself instead of taking things to God. It's like you want to bring your real self. Mm-hmm. You want to communi- communicate with him what your worries are, what your concerns are, what your vulnerable real self is. And doing good things is not a bad thing. It's just sometimes yeah. we think that God is another human where... He can't see our hurt, and he can't see what we're feeling, and we only want to bring him the good stuff, and that's not true. He wants all of it. He wants to see the good, the bad, and the ugly. Absolutely. So, right, because growing up, um, I think sometimes the attitude of God was like we were unworthy, and like we're almost bothering God if we talk to him, and that we have to have a perfect script because he is so holy. We have to present ourselves to this majesty in such a way that we, I don't know, somehow like it shows him respect maybe or something is yeah. maybe where the false idea came with that. But what we have found is that when we've really connected to God is when we've really bared our heart and our soul, our worries and our concern. Mm-hmm. And, and he's our, always and, there and he's told us, come to me. And our love yeah. for him and our worship of him and our thankfulness of him. So communication involves all of that. So number one, you have to be open and communicate and be vulnerable and real. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to number two. Did you want to talk about number two? Sure. So number two kind of was just mentioned, but being open. 
and I think, you know, you're starting to communicate with God, and it's this really good, you know, openness with Him, um, but sometimes, as humans, we have expectations, and we put those expectations in people, and God, and things, and we kind of just wait for those expectations to come to fruition, but God is not he's not a genie where you just get to say okay god i want this and it's going to be given to you and you know we also put limits on how he can communicate with us and sometimes we expect him to talk to us through a burning bush or just in a big obvious way but god right. whispers he nudges he he just he pushes yeah. uh, lightly but yeah mm-hmm. you're right so, and the, why the Bible does say, ask and you shall receive, it's petitioning him, but it's not scripting the way God's going to do it. So, you can't really control how God's going to do it. You have to be open to receive uh, the gift. Uh, and if you're not, if you, you can't control it. You can't say, well, oh, I know what it was. It was about the job. It's like, dear God, I really need to make more money. And... I want more money and I want to raise. And so you pray this and then all of a sudden you get fired and then you're angry and you're mad at God. And then you want to kind of distance yourself from God and, um, which is okay. You can talk to God about this and go to him. What you need to do is really go to him and be open to him and listen to him and trust him. Um, so it's okay to have these angry emotions, but you don't want to shut them out. You want to remain open. A lot of times some people can shut them out and say, I'm mad. I want nothing to do with you anymore. I'm over. I prayed to get a raise. I lost my job, right? And then you're done. You cut yourself off from God. You don't want to pray to him. You don't want to talk to him anymore. Um, that's not what you want to do because God works, as they say, in mysterious ways. But he has... Um, ways that we can't even imagine to fulfill our greatest desires. He always has our best interest at heart. He always wants us to be our best self. And so, and I've heard this story over and over again where someone's like prayed to get more money in a job or to have it more secure and they actually got fired and lost their job. But when they look back, they often say that was the best thing that ever happened to me in my life was losing that job because then I got another job that I loved and I made all this money or something big happened. But when we close ourselves off, and this is what we're talking about by being open, when we close ourselves off and get mad and get stuck in our fear, what we do is we build this these walls and this box around us and we put on these blinders and we plug up our ears so that we can't hear or see anything more. And so when we communicate to God, what we really have to do is we have to be open to what he's going to show us, what he's going to give us. And we can't have, as Jana said, these preconceived, pre-scripted ideas of how he's going to show up. Like the burning bush of Moses. It's yeah. like, yes, I want that. If he doesn't talk to me in a fiery bush, God's I'm not, done. Yeah, I'm done. God's not real and it's over. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. That's not communication. We can't be in a relationship and say, well, you know what? Um, I love you, 
but you have to bring me flowers every Friday. You have to give me hugs when I come near you. I want you to hold my hand every time we're walking together. You have to do all these things. That relationship is not really a relationship or communication. It is really control. And it's not a control out of need and fear. Mm-hmm. And so we want to be careful that we're not doing that with God and that we're open. Yeah, and like God is so great that sometimes we well we do we control the things we try to control the things that we fear which a lot of times is outcomes of events or experiences or people but god is so much greater that he has our best interests and he knows exactly what we need at exactly what time and he gives it to us and it may not be the way that we expect it but eventually if you're really open to god he will show you and you will see that he was he was in your corner the entire time. Absolutely. So that openness is key. So number one is communication. Number two is openness. And number three, and this one's going to seem a little odd maybe. It might seem kind of like number two. But number three is actually listening. Once you actually communicate your real vulnerable self to God, and then you're open to what he is going to present and give to you, you have to actually be listening. Mm-hmm. Because... If you're not listening, you're going to miss it. Yeah. You're not going to understand it. You're not going to see it. And so from taking some classes and understanding listening nowadays, what I've realized is, number one, why I'm big and want people to listen to me. I'm not the best listener myself. And as I go throughout my day, it's like, oh, my gosh, nobody is listening to anybody anymore. I mean, kind of look around. We're functioning in these extremes and taking sides. We're trying to tell people what to do. And we're not really listening to what people have to say. It's like, if you don't think like I think, I'm done. I'm not listening to you anymore. Your point is invalid. It's mute. I'm, I want nothing to do with you. I'm over here. You're over here. We're creating this great divide because yeah. nobody is listening to what the other person has to say. And everybody, every single person has a need to be heard. We all need to be heard. And this is not unlike God. If you're not listening, you're not going to hear God. You're not going to see how he is uh, working within your life. And so in order to listen, another we can also call this being present in the moment you have to be present and aware so listening is really being present and aware Uh, if you communicate to God and you're open to God but then you kind of go about your day um, doing what you do you're kind of like okay I'm done you can almost like close the door don't listen you go to work do the same things every day and you kind of forget about everything and go on you're not really in the moment you're not aware you're not listening and so you really need to do that Do you have anything to say on that one? Yeah. So uh, as a teen, I think we have grown up in this age of technology. And technology is for communication and listening and talking and connecting with people. But we are so far from that. I mean, even in this pandemic, my social skills have gone down. Yeah. But it's like, even before that, kids don't know how to talk to each other and... Kids don't know how to, like, carry themselves in an interview, and it's very hard for them to express what they're feeling and be open and vulnerable. And so listening is so hard. It's so hard. 
And I know people are so frustrated when other people cut them off. It's just this age of not being able to really hear people, even though that's like our deepest need is wanting to be heard. Right. And like, I, and I find myself doing this too. It's like someone talks and says something and then all of a sudden you're talking and saying your thing. You didn't even respond to what they said. Mm-hmm. And, or it's the other way around and I said something and then somebody was like, well, but I want blah, 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 blah. And like, they totally didn't listen to what I said. They just like kind of vomited their needs all over me and I was totally unheard and vice versa. That's not how you build a relationship. No. So this is really important. And if you're not really present and aware and you're kind of running around just doing things, you're ready to cross the next thing off your list and you're, you're, everything's on fire and you got to put it out, um, you're really not present. You're not in the moment. You're not aware uh, enough that you're you're not listening. I can guarantee you're not listening when you're in that mode in your brain, in that um, frequency in your brain. And uh, you need to be. You need to be kind of calm, alert, aware, and present. And so those are the three things you need to communicate, you need to be open to receive, and you need to be able to listen and be present and aware. And then it brings us to last but not least, number four. And Jaina, you can talk about this one as we talked about um, earlier when we were discussing this, Gina and I, this is probably absolutely maybe the hardest. It's very hard to do this. One to do. So the last tip that we have for you is to take action. So if you are giving all this energy into like being aware and communicating with God and being open to him and then finally listening to him, like you need to take action else you are not going to be able to be the best person that you can possibly be and taking action can sometimes no most of the times is very very hard i think for me i would just keep saying yes like feeling like i am motivated but not actually taking action kind of getting to this point in my life where i'm like yes i can do this and i feel empowered and keep making up excuses postponing and delaying what i want to do and that's it's hard to take action it takes a different kind of person and a different type of type of energy to get yourself up and move and press on and go to where you want to go and where god is leading you right because action equates change and change is typically human's greatest fear it's very scary (laughs) so if you're taking action to change so it's kind of like on that adoption journey when I prayed that I would follow wherever God led me. And he, through a very roundabout journey that was very trying, he led us to the country of China to adopt our child. And that's like, great, okay, I can do that, love it. But then he said, I got a message to adopt from the special needs list, a child that's sick. It's like, whoa, wait a minute, God. <laughs> no, no, thank you. you know, after seven years and having a birth mom take away the baby, and it's like, I just want a child. Just give me a child. Why have you dragged me a decade later? And I'm <laughs> now you're telling me I need a special needs child, one that's sick? It's like, are you crazy? No way. I don't want to do it. But she took action. I didn't want to do it. Well. <laughs> I tried not to do no, it. No, but she did. <laughs> but God kept saying, yes, 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 yes. And it's like, okay. Fine. Yep. Again, if I didn't, my faith was everything. I told God to lead me to the child he wanted me to have, and he wanted me to do it, despite my fear. It was really fear. It was only fear. It had nothing to do with the beautiful child before me, and (laughs) I thought we, I thought it was very clever when we found, which God knew my limitations, this child that really didn't have very many special needs on the special needs waiting list. 
but we didn't find out about the special needs till we got her home. But yeah. you know what? He knew, God knew that in order for us to choose that child, I think that that special need needed to be hid for a little bit because it was too big of a challenge for me to take at that moment. Yeah. That's how God's so amazing. But you had put so much prayer and petition into it that, you know, this is the final step. This is like kind of what you've been waiting for all your life when it like once you start a prayer and petition you kind of go back to the beginning and you start this whole process again and in, this is the final step in that process and so for someone to not you know take action would be devastating well it'd be devastating to my faith it's like my purpose for life would be over almost because I had been praying right so much and God gave me the answers that it's like uh, it's what faith is. It's like, okay, I don't know what this all entails. I'm scared out of my flippin' mind, but I will do it. I will follow through. Mm-hmm. And that's really why we started this podcast, because it has been lots of trials and lots of challenges and lots of trauma in our life. Um, but God is amazing, and we're able to find this joy in this chaos even right now. And we prayed faithfully during all the trials. Yes. And even with this podcast, it was kind of a, kind of a whole thing because I, mom had brought this up to me. Well, actually, I was kind of the one who it was wanted, your idea, yeah. Yeah, I was the one who wanted to do it, and I just kind of hit this wall in my life where I was making up excuses and I had too much school and I was a junior, so I had to figure out my life and blah blah blah. And I was really praying to God because as a confused junior. I was very confused about what I wanted to do later in life and what I really wanted to put energy into to be whatever the world's success is. But I was just confused about what I wanted to do for a career. And God had really laid this seed in my heart that I just feel so passionate and all this peace when I talk about him. And so what's nothing better than doing a podcast and talking about my own faith but I still kept making up excuses and mom was like, no, if you want to do this, you got to do this. And I was like, okay. And now it's summer. And so I have, I have this time, but yeah, it's kind of the story of that. Well, <laughs> but we it's hard to take action. It's hard to take action because we're so busy. We have, all have all these other commitments and it really keeps getting put to the side. But honestly, we keep going to church and keep getting these messages, these mm-hmm. nudgings. It's like, uh, God's telling us to do this podcast. Yeah. He's telling us again in church for the umpteenth time. It's like, we <laughs> need to get going. Yeah. Also, <laughs> you keep, I, I don't want to get messages from like from our church but in our devotions and from the world I think I see this world that is struggling I mean it's always struggle because the world's not perfect but there's a lot of people hurting right now and I think it's just very important to talk about our faith and stand up for what we believe in and get this message out that Mm -hmm. you can really if God's on your side if you can define your find your real self and your soul within um and focus on god and follow him faithfully he can give you this this peace and you can find this joy that is beyond anything material in this world Mm -hmm. and so that is really what uh, we hope to spread is this hope and this joy and this peace yeah that is available to everybody Uh, but it requires 
um, prayer and nurturing of the, your spiritual relationship with God. Yeah. It really does. So there you have it. The answer to praying correctly, there is no right way to pray. But if you're looking to be more empowered by your communication with God, who, what we have found to be very powerful for us, we put together four steps. I'll go over them one more time. The first one is communication. The second one is openness. The third one is listening and being present and in the moment. And the fourth one is taking action. Action, which can be the hardest part once you get there. Very, very hard. That's where you got to keep on praying because God will give you the courage to get there. And he'll show you how to do it if you don't know how. So that, that is how to pray correctly. We're going to end this podcast now, but Jana, would you like to close us out with a prayer? I would love to close us out in prayer. So if you'd like to join me in prayer, however way you are comfortable doing, let me just pray over all of our beautiful souls that are with us. Dear God, thank you for today and thank you for all of the amazing people that are listening to this. Just give us the strength to break free from whatever expectations that we put onto you or even ourselves. Help us to be vulnerable and genuine when we are talking to you. Help us to just always stay in communication with you. Help us to be open to you. Help us to truly listen to you because that is so, so difficult. And lastly, help us to just take action. Give us the strength and the courage to pursue whatever amazing path that you have for us. Amen. In Jesus' and holy name, amen. That was beautiful. I thank love you. that. I love how you got all those points in there. So thank you, all you beautiful souls for joining us today. We really appreciate our time together. If you would like to find out more about um, our journey and my journey, uh, you can go to kellyjeanpittman.com and there's information there and hopefully we'll get the podcast set up on there as well. So thank you for joining us and may God be with you and we can't wait to get together next time. Bye. Bye.